ಪತಿಧಾರಿಣಿ ಜಾಹ್ನವಿ ಗಂಗೆ ಖಂಡಿತ ಗಿರಿವರ ಮಂಡಿತ ಭಂಗೆ ಭೀಷ್ಮಜನಿಹೇ ಮುನಿವರ ಕನ್ಯೆ ಪತಿತ ನಿವಾರಿಣಿ ತ್ರಿಭುವನ ಕನ್ಯೆ ಕಲ್ಪಲತಾಮಿವ ಫಲದಾಂ ಲೋಕೆ ಪ್ರಣಮತಿಯ ಸ್ವಾಂ ನ ಪತತಿ ಶೋಕೆ ಪಾರಾವಾರ ವಿಹಾರಿಣಿ ಗಂಗೆ ವಿಮುಖ ಯುವತಿ ಕೃತ ತರಲಾಪಾಂಗೆ ತವಚೇನ್ಮಾತ ಸ್ರೋತಸ್ಮಾತ ಪುನರಪಿ ಜಠರೆ ಸೋಪಿ ನ ಜಾತ ನರಕ ನಿವಾರಿಣಿ ಜಾಹ್ನವಿ ಗಂಗೆ ಕಲುಷ ವಿನಾಶಿನಿ ಮಹಿಮೋತ್ತು ಪುನರಸದಂಗೆ ಪುಣ್ಯತರಂಗೆ ಜಯ ಜಯ ಜಾಹ್ನವಿ ಕರುಣಾಪಾಂಗೆ ಇಂದ್ರ ಮುಕುಟಮಣಿ ರಾಜಿತ ಚರಣೆ ಸುಖದೇ ಶುಭದೇ ಭೃತ್ಯ ಶರಣ್ಯೆ ರೋಗಂ ಶೋಕಂ ತಾಪಂ ಪಾಪಂ ಹರ ಮೇ ಭಗವತಿ ಕುಮತಿ ಕಲಾಪಂ ತ್ರಿಭುವನ ಸಾರೆ ವಸುಧಾಹಾರೆ ತ್ವಮತಿ ಗತಿರ್ಮ ಖಲು ಸಂಸಾರೆ ಅಲಕಾನಂದೇ ಪರಮಾನಂದೇ ಕುರು ಕರುಣಾಮಯಿ ಕಾತರ ವಂದ್ಯೆ ತವ ತಟ ನಿಕಟೆ ಯಸ್ಯನಿವಾಸ ಖಲು ವೈಕುಂಠೇ ತಸ್ಯನಿವಾಸ ವರಮಿಹ ನೀರೇ ಕಮಠೋ ಮೀನ ಕಿಂವಾತೀರೆ ಶರಟ ಕ್ಷೀಣ ಅಥವಾ ಶ್ವಪಚೋ ಮಲಿನೋ ದೀನ ತವ ನಹಿ ದೂರೇ ನೃಪತಿ ಕುಲೀನ ಭೋ ಭುವನೇಶ್ವರಿ ಪುಣ್ಯೇ ಧನ್ಯೆ ದೇವೀ ದ್ರವಮಯಿ ಮುನಿವರ ಕನ್ಯೆ ಗಂಗಾ ಸವಮಿ ಮಮಲಂ ನಿತ್ಯಂ ಪಠತಿ ನರೋಯ ಸಜಯತಿ ಸತ್ಯಂ ಗಂಗಾ ಭಕ್ತಿ ತಾಂತಿ ಸದಾ ಸುಖಮುಕ್ತಿ ಮಧುರಾಕಾಂತ ಪಂಜಟಿಕಾಭಿ ಪರಮಾನಂದಕಲಿತಲಿತಿ ಗಂಗಾ ಸ್ತ್ರೋತ್ರಮಿದಂಭವತಾರಂ ವಾಂಚಿತ ಫಲದಂ ವಿಮಲಂ ಸಾರಂ ಶಂಕರ ಸೇವಕ ಶಂಕರ ರಚಿತ ಪಠತಿ ಸುಖೇಸ್ತವ ಇತಿ ಸಮಾಪ್ತ ಜೈ ಜೈ ಗಂಗೆ ಜಯ ಹರ ಗಂಗೆ 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 ಜೈ ಜೈ ಗಂಗೆ ಜಯ ಹರ ಗಂಗೆ
is available online? Thought you were pointing like this. So we have seen till the sixth shloka. So open to page number twenty-nine. Let's begin. <clears throat> oh. सहनावतो सहनाओ भुनक्तो सहवीर्यंकरवावहै तेजस्विनावधीतमस्तुमाविद्विशावहै ओम शांत शांत शांते गुरु ब्रह्मा गुरु विष्णु हो गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्म तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम हरिओं बिफोर आई स्टार्ट one thing that i would request all of you is do not miss out on the lectures cuz as we proceed further the concepts will be subtler and if you ever miss in between i would say please catch up with the earlier lectures to be on the same page because the subtlety of it sometimes eludes even the best of us so the consistency is something that i am looking forward for don't miss it if you do miss not suggested but if you do miss make sure that you do the catch up 7th shloka page number 29 repeat after me chhaya hankara yo raikyam taptaya pindavanmatam 
Last week, <coughs> we looked into the shloka. Chaya aveshataha buddhau bhanam dhihi tu dvida stita. The reflected consciousness reflects in the equipment of antakkarana, in the internal equipment. Because the internal equipment is just the reflecting medium, the reflection of consciousness is as bright as the internal equipment. If the internal equipment has lot of restlessness and lot of movement in it, the reflected consciousness also seems to be that shaky. <clears throat> Sometimes when you are looking at a reflection, once I was in the ashram and the way we had, we had only one mirror, why do we need a mirror for the brahmachari side of quarters? Because our heads are uh, shaven, you don't actually need a mirror. If at all you need a mirror, you need that mirror for finding the right placement of Chandan. That's it. For the rest of it, you don't need a mirror. And if you have practiced it enough number of times, you don't need that also. You just put those three lines and dot. Somewhere, ballpark figure, you reach. One day I was standing in front of that mirror and suddenly I felt that the entire building move. For a very fraction of moment, I got a little shaken up like, whoa, what's happening? Then I had to smile at myself that that feel of the entire building moving was not because the building was moving. There was a gentle breeze and the mirror was moving because of that gentle breeze. And when the mirror moved, a very small insignificant movement, but as that mirror moved, as it was hanging on a nail and it moved, it gave me a feel, a sensation as if the entire building was moving. When I realized that it was just the reflection that was moving, which gave me the uh, temporary feel as if the entire reality was moving. Meaning if the vessel in which the reflection is not steady, the experience will not be steady. Am I clear so far? If there is a pot of water or a bucket of water, and there is a nice steady reflection. In that water, 
you throw a stick, a twig. What happens to the entire uh, reflection? It will also be very shaky. So, if our antakkarana, which is basically our mind, if our antakkarana is shaky, how is the experience of that reflected consciousness? That also is very turbulent and shaky. But last week I did not go into the uh, concept of what exactly is this reflected consciousness? What do you mean by it? Because this seventh shloka was going to talk in detail about that. So those of you who felt little jaded out like, whoa, what was that conceptually? So pay attention here. Chaya Ahankara Yoho Aikyam The merger, the oneness that is experienced by the reflected consciousness, Chaya and Ahankara, the ego. How is it? The relationship is, as Gurudev would put it, a relationless relationship. In India, there is a lot of governments that are being formed, state governments. So, there is one particular situation wherein you do not have enough majority, but you can support a particular team to make that majority. And yet, you do not want to be participating in the majority. So, they say we are supporting the major team or major party from the outside. That I am not inside, but yet I am supporting it. It is something like that. Relationless relationship. How can something be so tangibly related and yet not have relationship? That is given in the next example. Tapta ayaf pindavan matam. Like the relationship of ayaha pinda, a ball of iron. So, first things first. This was written by who? Adi Shankaracharyaji. When did he write this? About 2000 years ago. Way before anybody out of the Indian Peninsula had ever found iron ore can be extracted. It was not just extracted, he is giving it as an example here. So, the metallurgy 2000 years ago was quite a efficient metallurgy that we had. Though it has got nothing to do with what we are studying, I am just trying to indicate on the side. It was quite an evolved uh, environment of the people that were there in that ancient times. That must have been a common use that he is using it as an example. Like today if I make an example about um, the X-Men, what was the recent most X-Men? Mr. Loganadan. 
Logan, right? <clears throat> and if I refer to something of that in today, and about 2,000 years later, if this reference is referred to, so it is like a common culture about the uh, comic strips which are made into movies and then it is being used as a reference. Similarly, if Adi Shankaracharya had to make this reference here as an example, then it must have been a common knowledge of how to extract iron. And he is talking about Ayapinda, a ball of iron. Now throw that ball of iron into a furnace. After about half an hour or so of that iron ball being in that furnace, when you extract that iron ball out carefully, how does it look? It looks golden red color, glowing. Have you ever held an iron ball in your hand? Ball bearings any size. How does it feel to your hand? Hard, cold to touch. But this iron ball which is taken out of furnace, please don't go experiment. You can see it, it is going to burn your hands. It has acquired the qualities of fire. That you take a stick next to it, what will happen to that stick? It will catch fire, it will burn. The quality of iron is inert, it does not have fire in it. But once exposed to that furnace, it has now got the fire as a quality. That even the color of that which is dark black iron is now changed to deep golden red color. It has acquired that quality. By mere presence of that fire, it has acquired the quality of that fire in it. Similarly, ahankara is like that iron ball which is nothing but inert in nature. How does this reflected consciousness merge with that ahankara? How do they become one? Almost like inseparable. Enlivening that ahankara to give it a status of validity. All of you are looking at me with a jaded look. Did you get the concept of the iron ball acquiring the quality of fire? Similarly, ahankara is jada. It is made up of thought. Thought is nothing but matter. And matter does not have its own source of energy. What is that Newton's law? First law. It stays, matter stays 
in the state of motion or inertia unless external force is applied right unless that external force it will remain inert but our ego ahankara that we interact with even other egos around is it inert we may call that individual dumb that's a totally different case analysis but is it inert that we are something with inertia or something that is inert that you are interacting with no it is enlivened that it has lot of attributes that it has gathered as an ego when i look at things i say i am aware of all these things that are in front of me what do i have in my hand it's supposed to be rose flower you are aware of that flower are you aware of me sitting in front of you what color am i wearing orange or ochre what is the color of my frame of my glasses you are aware of the color you are aware of the person similarly i am aware of all of you this being able to be aware of to cognize things is not the quality of ego ego cannot qualify ego cannot recognize unless that ego is in complete unison one with that reflected consciousness because the reflected consciousness has the ability to cognize because it is of the nature of illumination but when i recognize something when i am aware of something when i understand something what do i claim i understood i am the smartest here because the first time he said it i understood it already sometimes we claim that right in a conversation when somebody is trying to say uh, you almost jump in there and say i know exactly where you're going with this right who is it that is claiming it is the ego but ego's nature is not to cognize it is inert but if it is able to cognize where is it drawing this strength to recognize things when i say things things beings environments how how are we able to recognize it because of the reflected consciousness becoming one with that ego i am able to recognize are there situations where this ego is absent and there is only reflected consciousness deep sleep right are there situations where there is ego and no reflected consciousness is it a possibility not a possibility because it exists only when there is that touch of that reflected consciousness which is enlivening it empowering it तद अहंकार तादात्म्यात 
because of that oneness of this reflected consciousness and ego, all other identifications of this ego are possible. What are the other identifications? Starting from the grossest, I am this body. Do we have a definition for our own body? I am tall, I am short, I am dark, I am white. I am not that white, but whiter than. I have long hair. No, that would be a lie. I had long hair. Now it is deforested. I am athletic, I am lethargic, these are all the attributes of the body, right? At the end of this lecture on Sundays, I am usually pulped out, completely drained out. At that time if somebody were to say, Swamiji, good day, can we go out for a walk? No, not now. Usually I am athletic. But at this point, I am pretty tired, lethargic. Why I am tired? At a physical level, there is an identification. I am this. Some aspects of my physicality, I am little vulnerable about. If somebody says that I am fat, I get very sensitive about it. If somebody says I am short, I get too sensitive about it. Can there be that sensitivity if there is no attachment to it? You have a bag and you have no sense of attachment to it and somebody looks at it and says, it's a dirty bag, yeah, it needs a wash. There is an impartial understanding of it and there is no sensitive uh, reaction to it. But because of this attachment, because of this identification, certain aspects of it, they rub me off on the wrong direction. Whereas some aspects of it, if somebody says, you look beautiful today, you look fresh. You can say that again. I won't mind it. Who is anticipating or reacting to that expectation? It is this ego. But that ego which is now empowered with this reflected consciousness, identified with this body. Our mind is the seat of emotions, moods. And how are our moods? They are not consistent. They swing a lot. So mood swings, I love that word, I told you why it right, who swings, only mood swings, mood in Sanskrit, mood means a fool alone swings inconsistently, whenever whatever mood is that swing in, what do I become? 
I become that mood and swing accordingly. Sometimes for no reason I feel very happy. And somebody comes and tells you that, you know, you are in that team, Ras Garba team. They have dropped you from that team. What happened to that chirpy mood? Suddenly it has been squished. And you become very sad. Because that is the mood now. And your friends looking at your pathetic presence want to cheer you up. You do that, right? When you see a friend of yours in a bad mood, you would like to cheer them up. To bring them out of that mood. There are mood swings that happen. And why do I become what that mood designs me to become? Whether it is sad, whether it is mad, whether it is bad, whether it is glad. I become all of these. The ego identifies with all these. How can the ego identify with all these moods? Because that reflected consciousness has empowered this ego and that ego sustains through these identifications, therefore becomes all these different moods. See, so far what we have learned in Vedanta have not gone this deep. I would always say there is identification. <clears throat> Today I am bringing in the concept of how that identification is happening. Concepts about ourselves as being the intellect. I am damn smart. I am sharp. Or when something very obvious is stated and you are not able to recognize it. Or Sorry, today I am a little dumb, sloppy, right? How can I identify with all these convictions? Because the ego is identifying with it. How can the ego identify with it? Because the ego is empowered with that reflected consciousness enlivening it. I am identifying with all these. Do I stop with just these three layers of identification? No. I now expand from there to the outside world to identify with whatever pleases me at an intellectual level or an emotional level or at a physical level. The kinds of clothes that I wear. <clears throat> Why? It has to be utilitarian. It has to be comfort. But beyond utilitarian and comfort, like when I am in India, especially May to August, it is extremely hot. You are sweating like a pig. And on the top of that, you have to attend these weddings. And in those weddings, you have to be your glamorous best. Oh, you just had, right? All the kinds of clothes that you wear and different kinds of layers that you are layered in. 
I don't feel that sorry for the men because it is usually one or two layers and they are done. Right? Imagine the ladies. The best wear to have during that season, hot summer sweaty season, is to wear cotton. But what are you sitting there in? Silk. Silk produces or retains heat and you are in a heated environment. Ah. And you are sweating like a pig, it does not absorb. And yet, you want to wear the glamorous best. Why? It was the clothes that I am identified with as to how I project myself into the world. What kind of shoes that I wear, what kind of watch that I wear, what kind of glasses that I wear. Should I wear glasses or should I wear contact? Should I look nerdy or should I look... What gives me the oomph in this area? I identified with that look. Physical. Because that is what gives me comfort. When you are really, really sleepy, it doesn't matter what kind of a surface that you are sleeping on. You are knocked out. Right? When people can sleep during the class, sitting, and sometimes it is bad that they start snoring and drooling also. I am not making it up. Any surface is fine, but then when we actually want to sleep, we have our own preference. The bed has to be in a certain way. How many of you have such preferences? That it has to be a hard surface or a soft surface? How many of you use a pillow? How many of you cannot sleep without a pillow? You need, must have a pillow. And that too, the pillow has to be that size, you know, that uh, cushiony or that hard. I am extending my identification. What kind of house that I own? how it looks, how that house is equipped. How is it designed interior? Why it, it, it is my extension of identification. What kind of car that I drive? Now it goes to such superficial levels whether I really connect with that kind of group or not. I start getting into a group because it uplifts my status that I am rubbing shoulders with such kind of people. Are these normal trends? Yes, no. I am not going to evaluate you on your nod. But it is a normal trend, right? Sometimes we are so, like it happened recently. We had gone to a museum, 
and this family that uh, said, Swamiji will go to home museum. You have been uh, heavily booked in this meeting or that meeting, let's have a break and take you to home museum. And I observed that the two kids, teenagers, one was 13, the other was 15. 13 was the boy and 15 was a the girl. They were like 10 steps ahead of us. And I immediately found as to why. They would keep looking, glancing back if they are maintaining the distance. So I called both of them. And very reluctantly they turned around. And in the museum I called their name out loud. Just to, if you know somebody is awkward, why not have some fun on that? So call their names very loudly. And they are like, what? And grumpy face they came. I said, you both walk next to me. Otherwise, throughout the museum, I'll be calling out your name. What were they trying to do? That we don't connect us with those desis in the back, especially the one wearing orange. We are also desi, but we don't know who that fellow is. They were feeling awkward to walk with somebody who was wearing this kind of clothes. I was having fun at their cost. All these various modifications, all can happen only if there is that identification. Who is identifying? The ego is identifying, not just with this body, mind and intellect, with its extension of its likes and dislikes in the outside world, it starts creating its own parameter, its own world that it associates itself with. So from the inside most to the outside most, I am identified with these various aspects. Therefore, one of the common things that we hear in the path of spirituality is disidentify from wherever the mind has fallen into a comfort zone. Snap out of it and keep pushing its limits. Never let it settle down in any layer of complacency. Constantly keep pushing it. Why? Who are you unsettling? You are unsettling the ego and its identification with these layers. But instead of identifying these aspects, what are we constantly conditioned and promoted into? This actor or actresses or this um, sports person is cool. Why? Because they use this gadget, they use this kind of attire, they use this kind of shoes. Therefore, if you have to be cool, isn't that the whole marketing field, advertising field, filled with such examples and we also are dumb fools. I am also cool. Why? I also wear this kind of, I also am attributing to this kind of environment. 
constantly conditioned to maintain the status of this ego and to constantly pamper it. Isn't it? Constantly redistributing ourselves into the outside world, focused on trying to enhance the status of the ego as that gives instant gratification. To satisfy this ego is the easiest thing to do. Fulfill all your likes, avoid all your dislikes, done. Therefore, there is a resistance towards anything new. People have these butterflies flying in their stomach. Sometimes it is not just butterflies, but it is dinosaurs flying, the huge ones. I am scared, I don't know. If you don't know, what are you scared of? See, I know something and I know its effects, therefore I am scared, I can understand. I have fallen in water, I could not retrieve myself, I have a fear of water because I have had an experience. I don't even know what it is, but I am scared of it. Why? Because the ego is settled in its own patterns of likes and dislikes and it is easy to please it that way. Anything beyond that realm, there is a resistance. And instead of looking at its root cause, we look at how to appease this ego at the most superficial level. The faster I am able to appease, the more successful I am deemed. How is success rated in these, in today's world or any time? How is success rated? What do we call as success? In a very generic term, don't go philosophical on me right now. Money, wealth, what else? Power, position, clout, influence, what else? Different accomplishments, fame, And this is what we have been taught time and again. So imagine the influence of our intellect which is constantly receiving only one kind of feed. That you are successful and therefore you will be happy. I read this article recently, I was amazed. So this woman was asked in a university, does your husband make you happy? So she got up and she said, and the husband was like, you know, straightening himself, looking at everybody, she's my wife, she's going to talk about me. And of course I make her happy. She's never complained, you know. Obviously she's happy with me. So she said something where the entire crowd was like, what? She got up and she said, 
No, my husband does not make me happy. Everybody was like, oh my God, are you in a bad relationship? And then she went on to expand her thought. That when I was not married, I was still happy. Now I am married, I am still happy. Because me being happy has not got anything to do with my husband. It is my status of being. To have that conviction that I am independent beings, environment, experiences, name, fame and all the conditionings, it requires thorough conviction and understanding. From that thorough understanding and conviction that I am independent is born fearlessness which results into courage. But I can be fearless and courageous only if I know myself as something other than this ego which is ready to identify with everyone and anything for its sustenance. So why is the sadhana difficult? It is not that the sadhana or the spiritual unfoldment is difficult. It is through the ego, I am trying to work on the ego, through my own ego, I am trying to work on my own ego, to get rid of that ego. It is something like you hold a very key position in your office. And your office asks you to train someone in that key position, knowing very well that once you train, they will remove your job. Would you participate in such an endeavor? There will be a resistance. And that is how ego feels. Therefore, that ego has to be polished from being a tamasic ego to a rajasic ego. A rajasic ego into a sattvic ego, where the understanding can easily unfold and the, the comprehension of that understanding is easily assimilated. And to disown, to detach, becomes easier. Am I getting across? So the qualities of the ego and its identification is purely only possible when it is enlivened, empowered by that reflected consciousness enlivening it and empowering it. Instead of looking at that core mess, we look at fixing our situation by changing our environments through replacements. This environment doesn't give me happiness, I'll choose another environment. What sitting here? Oh, nah, this is not. I need a livelier environment. Okay, go to a dance floor.
I change, I replace. These people are not, you know, they're, they're not giving me happiness. So what do I do? Change the people. And probably that is the reason why many of the kids, when they are done with their 12th, when they have to choose their college, where do they choose? Somebody from south chooses north. Somebody from Miami will go to Seattle. Seattle will go to California. California will go to New York. Somewhere far away that I can avoid these people. Isn't it the whole concept? Why? I need my space. Where I can do whatever I feel like. However I feel like. However long I feel like. Nobody to restrict my space. And when that restriction happens, I feel sad, I feel curtailed, I feel compelled to live in a curtailed environment. And therefore I react. Getting rid of people, environment and things and replacing it with someone is truly not the freedom. What is the actual freedom? When I can go through those very people, those very environments, those very things. Efficiently handling and yet not impacted by their presence or by their absence. Can you imagine that amount of freedom? And that is truly called fearlessness. And that can only happen when I understand at the root level of this identification that this reflected consciousness and ego have combined to create this chaos. So if I have to answer or take care of this chaos, where should I put the effort in? Into disidentifying this ego and reflected consciousness. Where can you do it or how can you do it? only on the seat of meditation through the wisdom of the knowledge acquired that this separation can ever happen. That identification is happening because of ignorance. Now how can I break that? Only through knowledge. And that knowledge of awareness expressing on the seat of meditation. I think I have loaded you with lot of information today. Go home and rethink about it. Since you will have the feasibility to listen to this again. Listen to it again. And try to see how practically it can be implemented in your day to day life. Om Shant Shant Shantihi Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om I just realized we still have about 10 minutes. Any questions?
So his question is, is the meditation the only solution? Can we not practice it during the action to maintain a balance and maintain the sense of equanimity? Wouldn't that be a solution? As I mentioned very briefly though, that the transformation should happen from tamasic to rajasic, rajasic to sattvic. So in that sattvic state, you are practicing what you just said about maintaining that equanimity. Shama and Dhamma, control of organs of action and control of mind. But that disidentification doesn't happen. That disidentification can happen only on that seat of meditation. So while you have acquired that sense of peace outside, a sense of balance, now sit and practice that observation where you can disidentify. Yes. The ego identified with the intellect recognizes the world. True. But the ego can identify with the intellect only when it is empowered by, enlivened by that reflected consciousness. And because of that identification, because of that empowerment to the ego, that I am able to cognize. So the actual cognition as its ability is of the reflected consciousness. But the ego claims it through the intellect. Does it make sense? Sochlo. I am still here. Any more? No questions from this side? Still processing? Okay. I am okay with that. Om Shanta Shanta Shanta.